Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. I'm Kevin Oakley, and as always, we have with us Andrew Peak, and Happy Easter. Happy Easter Happy to Easter. all of you. Everybody. Yeah, you have any you have any big plans for the weekend? Ooh. Um, so I live, my parents live in town and my wife's family lives in town. So we are Saturday night, we're over here. Sunday, we're over here. Um, I'll be playing in church on Sunday, filling in with the praise team. So it's going to be a busy weekend. Busy nice. Busy. So just for clarity, you don't live with your parents. I don't live with my parents. No, they are, but they are two minutes down the road north <laughs> of us. Teasing. And then my in-laws, <laughs> I am a millennial, so that, you know, it could be in there. Um, in-laws are two minutes that way. So we are never, ever, ever moving, I think. From well, um, a lot going on, <laughs> uh, not just Easter and spring break, which both of our families have survived, right? Uh, kids at home when they shouldn't be. Somehow. Uh, they should be in school learning something. They should. <laughs> they should be. They should always be in school. I'm all. all I'm all for a year round. But we school. did have the uh, online sales academy uh, wrap up. Gosh, it was uh, just about two weeks ago. I think now, uh, big success. Everyone, you can check that out on um, uh, Do You Convert's Facebook page. Uh, pictures of of everything that went down there, and um, we're definitely going to be doing it again. So. Uh, just keep your ears peeled uh, for information about how to get on the list to do that. We're going to keep it uh, same small class size, just Mike, Mike and Jen or um, Jen with the, with the team. And so just be on the lookout for that. It was, it was awesome. Uh, it was a fantastic time. And uh, there's also a brand new Facebook live video that you can see of Mike and Jen talking yeah, about great. spring. So this is the weekend to listen to that or watch that again um, or share it with those you love because there's some good tips in there for online salespeople too. Definitely. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kick off story time. Who, who who goes first this time? How about you go first? Because I think I usually always go first. All right. This is just a, a pure fun story time. I shared this with someone else today and I thought, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to bring this to the masses. Um, this is the best and at the same time, the absolute worst marketing campaign that I've ever run. Uh, I think it was about 2005, 2000. Yeah, probably 2005. I'd been working for a couple of years and I thought it was going to be really genius to do a direct mail piece that looked like there was an x-ray of your skull with a photoshopped little outline of a house inside of your brain. And I, ha I, I made it look like a doctor had taken a wax crayon or pencil and circled the house. And it said, this appears to be the problem. You've got you know, a house on the brain and it had a prescription pad signed by the doctor, you know, come into a model home and we've got the cure for what ails you. We put it in a manila envelope. We stamped it with x-ray enclosed, do not bend. And we sent it out to thousands and thousands of people. Um, and oh, wow. what happened was so amazing that the, the response was, was overwhelming the model homes. And we actually had to tell the salespeople just to unplug their phone lines because they couldn't get anything done. And they're like, what are we supposed to do? We're like, just, just unplug your phones. <laughs> the problem is that uh, let's just say a large majority, I don't know exactly how many, but a large majority of those calls were people who were uh, under the impression that they had brain cancer. Oh, <laughs> in fact, okay. I'll never forget. I talked to one lady on the phone who called into our main office and said, I want to talk to the idiot who came up with this idea. And she was actually expecting to get back uh, test results from an, uh, an x-ray of her skull. 
and she literally thought she was dying. That That is crazy. The number of people that are in that circumstance where they're waiting on the results has to be so few, but still yeah, this was not like an age targeted community. So certainly that never crossed my mind. I just thought certainly if you got an x-ray and you didn't get an x-ray taken back a couple weeks ago, but you got an x-ray delivered to you (laughs) and it had a house inside. But um, anyway, just I just thought that was a fun mm-hmm. one to, you know, maybe I'll pull something else out of the archives. I was inspired by Will saying that he has his own wall of shame. Uh, that definitely uh, has a special place on mine. Yeah. That could go up there. That could go up there. And that was uh, 2005, 13 years ago. Now that would, that might make the news if how sensitive. <laughs> I f- it would definitely I feel like go viral. People are sensitive. Right? It would go viral. Good or bad, it would yeah. go viral. That's for sure. That is. How for about sure. you? What do you got? Oh, this is a fun one. This actually happened, um, geez, about two weeks ago. Um, whole family, we were in the car. We're like, oh, let's go through the car wash real quick. It's on the way home. And this is one of the, like the longer, like standalone car wash places where you go through. It's probably like a hundred feet, 200 feet. I I know it it all too well. My wife just signed up for a monthly membership. She's like, we can get our car washed every day now. now if we want to. Like why? And it, which is pretty cool. Like they, oh. everyone's on this monthly subscription thing. You're, you're like, well, it's only twenty five bucks a month. I'll pay for it. You're supposed to tip them, so it ends up being probably Ooh. more like fifty dollars a month. So we go through it, and at the very end, they have like the blowers, you know, to blow your car off. And we just hear like, like noise back there. We're like, what is happening? Kids start freaking out. They're crying, and somehow the blower or something happened prior to that, and it ripped off. We have we have a van, and we have my car. On the van, there's like a rear spoiler thing on the tailgate. Yeah, the swagger wagon. It's not a van. It's the a swagger wagon. The swagger wagon. Yeah, the dad mobile. The dad. Yeah, the dad bod. Yeah, this is the dad car. And <laughs> that also holds the brake light, you know, the, the tail light up there. And also like we have the wiper blades. And so that shoots the water down there. The nozzle. So the whole thing just got ripped off. We're like, um, okay, what do we do? And so they're like, pull over here. Like it happens all the time. No worries. They're filling out like an incident report on their iPad. So there's some, there's a lot of trust built there. Like, oh, they already have a process in place for this. Mm-hmm. They'll take care of it. The manager's like, yeah, we'll just ship the parts in over here. We'll get it installed. No big deal. And I'm like, and I, I Lindsay, Lindsay, my wife says, oh, you put on your, your jerk face. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> he said he was going to fix the car himself. Like this piece that's like five feet wide by like a foot is missing. Like there's brackets exposed, missing. Like, I don't think this guy is going to fix it. Like there's no paint shop here. Like I'm sure the part has to get painted that like, what is this guy saying? So, you know, I'm like, okay, we'll get it taken care of. So then we, we call our insurance after we get home. This is getting to be a long story. They're like, okay, we'll deal with them. You just take it to a shop because without the taillight, you can't drive the car. So you need to get a rental. We're like, cool. Awesome. We get the rental. Everything is fixed. We got the car back yesterday. Rentals back. We've yet to hear from it's, I think it's called like Mr. Car Wash or something like that. What a great name. And the insurance company cannot get a hold of them. Like, so it's, you know, they already told us like, well, we deal with everything. And like, if it needs to go to litigation, like, you know, insurance deals with that because they want their money. It was like $1,800 to get fixed, yeah. which is crazy because I had to paint it. It's his piece that's not stocked really anywhere. Well, you even can't you drive get, around like, in a bender. swagger wagon with, you know, know. issues. It needs thinking? to be perfect. I understand. It needs to be perfect. It needs to be perfect. So this made me think like, you're building a home. There's thousands and thousands of pieces um, you as a builder have to deal with. I, I think it's reasonable to say that almost every build, something will come up that you oh, need yeah. to have some some bad news of some sort, mm-hmm. whether it's you know a 
a one week delay or, or whatever it might be. Um, and Kevin, with your experience with this, are there things that we can do, builders can do to help soften the blow of bad news when something is the builder's fault is oh, their fault? This is, this is, this would be its own full episode. In fact, it could uh, be. It at could, some point it's a teaser, maybe. in the future, we'll have Paul Cardis from Avid Ratings um, on and, and he'll be able to That's go into idea. this in depth with us. But I think one of the things I would recommend you don't do is just tell people that it's going to suck. Um, there's a difference between expectation setting uh, and just telling people, like I remember our in-house mortgage company, uh, the first builder that I worked for, uh, we would just, our, our best sales rep would literally sit down with people and say, hey, if you want that $2,000 incentive, you, you have to use our in-house lender. And just so you know, it's going to be the most painful experience of your life. And he would laugh when he'd set up, then he'd be like, no, seriously, it's worse than getting a tooth extracted from the dentist, but do you want to save two grand or not? That's, that's taking it to an extreme. It's different than (laughs) saying, Hey, there will, like you said, there will be things that come up and here's how we address it. Here is our process back to kind of where you started the story. Have you felt Mm -hmm. like there was a process? And as long as you felt like you were being led along that ride that was, that was created for you, that, that process, Mm -hmm. it's okay. It'd be okay. And, And so I think explaining that this is the process we have and it is normal for things to come up, but this is how we address it is the single most important thing. Um, and the other is, is really basic too, is just every mistake is an opportunity to, to obviously learn, but also that's the story. That's the actual compelling story that gets shared at a party is, is either, wow, they exceeded my expectations, you know, it was 400% better than I imagined, but how hard is that to pull off? That story gets shared, but it's really hard. The other story that gets shared is this company totally dropped the ball, and then you won't believe how they how they address the issue. Oh yeah, because you know they will they will talk like mm-hmm. without a doubt. Uh, with at least I don't know if there I'm sure there's some Paul will know like if an incident happens, the husband, wife, the whatever the situation is that whoever's buying will talk to X amount of people about it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure well, there's yes the numbers, you know, but if if you saw someone at a party or a social event at the soccer field, you know, spring's coming up and soccer and spring sports are going to get going. Mm-hmm. And the last time that you saw them two weeks ago was when they just shared about some awful thing that happened. You know, one of the things that's just naturally going to come up is, Hey, whatever happened with X, Y, Z. And so the, when people are mad, they're going to share that. But then the other people they've shared it to are going to circle back probably at some point and say, hi, hey, how did that end up yeah. wrapping up? And, and then they get to just tell the rest of the story as Paul Harvey would say you don't know who paul harvey is do you paul harvey i don't think that's so. awesome I, that's my i feel like i should no you shouldn't you i mean like you're you're a millennial but that's awesome i am a millennial. Uh, paul harvey yeah youtube it i need it sometime i'm writing it down last. Paul. all harvey. right this is um welcome to to the news news hour and um facebook panic part two is what i've named this section because um the internet is still like. melting which is insane because Facebook, I saw this, I, I should have had this as a graph, but of all the, say, past three years data leaks, like Facebook is at the bottom as far as number of people affected. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been and it's like, not your my, credit card information. No, it's not. It's, it's <laughs> your internet profile that other people already have access to as far as like tracking you. Like, I don't know. It's Facebook is easy to pick on because everyone uses it for the most part. I think they're easy one. And if Mark Zuckerberg, he's easy to pick on too. So that's yep. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's for a great sure. meme that I shared in, uh, in Instagram too. Go check yeah, that out. But it is, it is our funny. first article is about uh, Facebook Messenger and the pot. So really just summary, Facebook is hitting the pause button or doing a lot of things that are causing marketers to be nervous combined with the headlines. But we're going to try to yep. smooth things out or help you understand kind of what's really going on. So what's this first one about? Yep. And, and this one is really about, you know, back to the hack, um, not the hack, but the data leak was third-party applications getting access to Facebook data. And this is just an extension of, of that, fixing the headlines to, so they could stop. So this one, Facebook is pausing new bots or applications from accessing their messenger platform. That also, that sounds, that is confusing because is that like a new new software or is that, so this is actually new bots like individual like so if you have um a what's a mini chat is one out there they will mm -hmm. not let new accounts with them connect with messenger but if they're already running they'll let them continue running so it's just new access to messenger yeah i, I mean the fact people, that this is a you know, bot isn't as important to understand and what really, that means no. as much as they don't want any third-party application getting access, access to data without them making sure that it's secure. Yep. Um, so I've talked to different uh, software or companies in the last week, even who are like, Hey, we have something that we were getting ready to go live with and we're in the queue. So just Facebook kind of circling the wagons and saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to put things on ice until we really feel comfortable that, um, cause one of the speculations is that uh, Cambridge analytics or Analytica, whatever the name of that, company is mm -hmm. used other applications to suck data out inappropriately and combine it with other third-party data that they had. So yep. this is just them uh, making sure it feels. Yeah. Keep it, keep themselves yeah. safe. Yep. yep. And then here's, this is like round two. Um, again, with that, they're also suspending, maybe discontinuing third-party um, data sources and advertising. Which we yeah, don't this, really, um, you don't really see it too much in, and when you're creating ad sets, sometimes you do, um, certain things that might involve like credit, um, reports. So like recent mortgage financer, I believe is third party data, but that, yeah, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, there, most of the financial data is, it comes from a third party source. Um, one of our favorite, you know, the likely to move is, I think it's from Epsilon, which I've not seen that company named mm -hmm. anywhere. I've not seen it either. Um, nope. But, you know, that idea of an in-market segment, uh, for those of you who use AdWords or YouTube, uh, you're familiar with that term. Uh, a lot of those, in it sounded like it was going to be really scary, we're going away. And this is an article from Recode.net uh, that we'll put in the show notes. But basically, the headline, again, which is what scares people, is Facebook is cutting third-party data providers out of ad targeting to clean up its act. And then when you read the actual press release that went out on uh, Business Wire from the company that's affected, it said, hey, Facebook partner categories will be discontinued over the next several months. And so then if you Google what is Facebook partner categories, or if you, th those are categories that we don't use currently um, yep. in any, with any of our clients. So uh, it's it's one of those things where I think they have a plan, and I don't know what that plan is, but trust me, Facebook's stock price would be a lot lower if if everyone inside of Facebook was just in an all-out panic. They're in a panic, oh, I sure. think, because of the PR side. Yeah. I but agree. I think there's ways around this. And so one, 
this headline of they're going to cut out all third-party targeting, then the clarification of no, it's just these kind of niche Facebook partner categories that a lot of people don't use anyway, but it makes it sound good for the press. Uh, then there have been other articles that have come out from, I think, marketing land and search engine uh, land that have said, well, no, they're kind of telling us that over time, they expect to remove all third-party data sources. Hmm. So I guess time will tell what actually happens with all this. The only, the only thing I'm a little not nervous about, but like I could see it being headline worthy is if you know, someone opens up and makes it clear as far as how accurate or precise advertisers can target people, say based on age, gender, do they own a home, what they make, and then maybe have the headline. Again, this is like all speculation here as far as saying Facebook allows advertisers to discriminate or something along those lines. I oh, can see that's that there. Yeah. The um, a couple of the folks it, that we follow on Twitter. Yeah. I'll try to find it and stick in the show notes. We don't have it to chat about, but there is a larger lawsuit that's being leveled against Facebook. What uh, about that specifically for real estate um, and real estate mm. developers? Gotcha. Uh, but this also came up a couple months ago, and essentially what it's saying, it's not saying that Facebook implicitly was making it like, hey, here's a way to discriminate. Use this. Correct. It's simply yep. that they allowed real estate um, companies to have an option to discriminate, which, meh, I mean, yeah, if you yeah. did discriminate with that, then shame on you, and, and I hope you mm -hmm. get caught. But again, no one that in the circle... Uh, of, of companies that you trust, I imagine would ever be doing that. We certainly have never Correct. done anything based around mm -hmm. anything um, discriminatory in any ads because money is green and money is that's, green. That's you right. just need money to close. Last I checked on a home. Pretty sure. Yeah. That's all um, you need. I think the scarier thing is just f for marketers, not necessarily that I'm scared, but I think marketers are like, well then if I lose that ability to target on so precisely, then what? What am I left with? Then what? That's true. And I think what it's, you're left with is what Canada has always had. <laughs> that's um, true. That is true. You know, when we've done ads for ca Canadian builders, you know, you, you go in and you're like, I want a target likely to move. And people who have lived in their existing home for longer than seven years. Oh, wait, I, I can't do that. I don't it have gives that. me back a result of zero people match that criteria because they don't allow it. Uh, and, and guess what? If the... And you already know the answer. If the ad and creative is good enough or, or great and the site works, like it all works anyways, even if you don't have like that one targeting audience in there. So, yeah, I mean, what you still have is geography, geography and age alone, which age is a self-reported Facebook piece. But just geography and age, that still filters out a whole lot of people that you don't have to pay to get your message to. Yep. Um, and I, I also my my. Uh, secret theory is I think that they have figured out that because of the combination of bad press and the fact that the Facebook pixel is now on millions and millions of websites, they may be collecting this data enough on their own that they feel confident telling marketers, hey, you know what? We're not going to mess around with these third-party sources because we want to keep your data secure. But just trust us. Our pixel knows when someone goes on Zillow and Realtor.com and goes to a mortgage website. So We'll just take care of those in-market segments using Facebook pixel data that we're getting back from all of the different people who have installed it on their own sites. What do you think about that? I think that's genius because 
a thing with the third-party data is they give a portion of the ad revenue if you use that targeting back to those sources. And mm -hmm. so, if, like like you said, if if I log into my Facebook account, they have my Facebook user ID, there's a cookie on my computer, and then I go to Zillow, Zillow has the Facebook pixel on their site, and then it picks up my Facebook user ID. There's that connection that's made. They don't have to pay someone else to watch me everywhere I go. Yep, and if you use the Chrome browser, it's it's a great tool or plugin to have installed is the Facebook Pixel Helper. And it just sits up in the corner of my screen and I can see whenever I visit a website, um, you know, do they have the Pixel installed? What are they tracking? Um, and so you, you just get a sense of this is really everywhere now. It is everywhere. Perfect. All right, let's wrap up uh, the next one. Oh, it's also on Facebook. <laughs> It Shocker. is on Facebook. Man, what's, Facebook what's this is one our about? lives. This one is a, a, a better one. This one you could actually learn something from and have some application. Uh, so this is from searchenginejournal.com. And it's really just about the Facebook ad metrics that you might be missing that you should be paying attention to. Um, so there's three. First one's frequency. Second one is relevance score. And the last one is video percent watched. So hmm. let's talk about the first one real quick. Frequency. Yeah. That I, is exactly I, I what it is. I love talking about this one because one of the questions that always gets brought up is everyone in our company or my company owner is sick of seeing the same Facebook ad. Is it time to change it? And, and this will show that. This can help you understand that. Yeah, what I what I love is, so again, back in the old days of, of radio uh, ads, when I used to buy radio ads, again, back like 2005, 2006, they would always be trying to teach me, the advertiser, that you really need a frequency of at least three. If you're going to run a campaign for a two-week period or a month-long period, whatever period that is, it needs to have a frequency of three, meaning the average listener is going to hear your ad three times to even kind of make their radar at all. Like, if you can, it'd be amazing. If, you, if your budget would let you, you could get to a six or a seven. But a three is what you just, I mean, people don't even know you ran an ad unless you get to at least a three. Um. The examples from their website are people who are doing really, really targeted campaigns. I mean, their, their total reach of like 299 people could potentially see this ad. And then next to it, they show the frequency of 39. So that That's means insane. of those 299 people, the average person on that list saw the ad 40 times in the period of time that they have pulled up. Wow. So that is uh, annoying. <laughs> That's that an annoying excessive. amount of frequency. You have yeah. passed uh, right past the friend zone and gone straight to creepy stalker. That is creepy. Super creepy. So, Man. you know, we'd like to, uh, in a month long period of time, again, or, or again, the, the reach and frequency numbers in Facebook, they adjust based upon the date range that you have pulled up in the criteria you're looking at. Correct. So mm -hmm. you have to ha keep that in mind. But over the course of a month, if the frequency is still just a three, a four, or even a five, it's like over 30 days and all the hours they've spent on social media, they've seen your ad five times. Uh, you need to be looking at other metrics, I think, in analytics to really determine um, yep. whether it's time to change. Because you lose all that social proof of the likes, the comments, the, the smiley faces when you make those changes. Yep. I think there's a balance there. Because if you change them, like you said, Kevin, like if you change them too frequently, you might have like, we have some super cool ads that have just gone crazy and there might be like, 500 comments on there with like 3000 reactions seeing that versus a brand new ad, even if the frequency is now a one. So the average person has seen it a single time. It's that's just, you can't really beat that when it's like, Oh, 3000 people love X, Y, Z happy acres homes. 
yeah, you can't really beat that. So it's yeah, definitely and, a balance. And especially if those 500 comments are all like, wow, this house is amazing. Wow, this community is so incredible. Mm-hmm. Y- you just, it's like you just went on your website kind of like this. It's like you went on your website and just hit delete on all your testimonials that you have up there. And we're like, we need to start over. <laughs> start over. People have seen these enough. Let's get rid of them. So that, that yep. one's reach. And I agree. No one's really looking at that. Uh, or at least if they do, they don't understand the time, uh, mm-hmm. the relevance of, of that. What's What was the next one? It's uh, relevance. It's a relevance score, uh, which you'll find at the ad level. So you need to go campaign, ad set, and then ad. And the relevance score is, it's really like a performance metric, but it mm-hmm. is directly like how your ad set and ad are related and how they're performing together. Um, so it's on a scale of one to 10. If you have anything, oh, geez, beneath a five, you should definitely take a look and see what's happening. Turn it off. There's something <laughs> going wrong there. Hopefully you could look yeah. at it. Yeah, turn it off immediately. Um, hopefully you could look at it and be like, oh, I forgot the geography or something. But the crazy thing about that, if you have a really good ad and you just totally go crazy and you forgot to put in like United States, I, I would bet that your relevance score would be up there if you have good good pictures and, and good copy. Um, so typically, typically it's when you're trying to, I've seen it, they're getting too narrow on the targeting. And they're like, okay, we have people that like dogs and they are this, 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 and it just doesn't fit the right person. Yeah. If your creative doesn't match your target audience, that's really the best thing. The one thing Mm -hmm. I will say about relevancy score is it does not mean that your ad is doing what you want to. It just means in terms of cost per click, click through rate, um, reach and frequency, all those things, they are saying you are doing a, a good job according to the data that Facebook can see. I have seen instances where builders have said, I've got this great ad. It's, it's got a nine or a 10. We go in analytics and the bounce rate is 95% in an average of 15 seconds. So yeah, that's not good. It's still, it is a great overall metric to look at, but you can't get excited. The, I mean, the main benefit of having an, an eight, nine or a 10, Andrew, is what? Your cost per clicks will be much lower. You could almost like, there's not like a percent that, that Facebook gives out because it all changes based on how the auction works. But if you're at like a nine or 10, you're say you're measuring cost per engagement should be like five to like 20 cents. And you kind of add, you could add like 10 to 15 cents each score you go down. So if you're at like a five relevant score, your cost per engagement could be close to a dollar versus five cents. So your budget has, you need a lot more money if you're running yeah. ads with it. The, the safe way to say it is just, you are going to pay significantly less for an ad per click uh, that has a nine or a 10 than has a five or a six yep. significantly less. I mean, you're talking 15, 20%, potentially more. Oh yeah. yeah yep. Big, big money. So it's, it's worth getting, getting it and learning how to do them. And once you figure out how and to that's do the it, one you'll be, you'll be we talk about probably the most with, with our builder partners. So hopefully if you're listening to this, that one is real familiar to you, but I agree. If, if you're not looking at it, you should be, it's a great, uh, quick way to get a summary on Facebook's perspective of how you're doing. Uh, next one is video percent watched. So how far along in the video do they actually watch the video? Mm-hmm. Which I think is good because if you have a 30 second video, you need to compare, like if say you're comparing two different videos, you need to make sure you account for like the time of video, but you could really go in there and see what video types are, are going great or my favorite. Cause I don't really like these, but like if you're animated logo intro whatever you might have there yes it's too long and <laughs> let's say it's like 10 seconds and it's got it flying across the screen and it's like boom here's our logo we're amazing um 
but if 20, say people watch eight seconds of the video and that's how long that is, then no one's really getting to you know, the meat of the video and actually what they need to see. So it's, yeah, I like it. You could test different video intros. I personally think it should be super quick or it could just be like a watermark in the bottom somewhere. Yeah, no, no intro or at none. all. Just get to it. You've got, to you it. know, three seconds or less is the yep. average video view that that's happening. And, or that's when they start counting it as a video view that you pay for. But I think the really smart thing they're saying here is just if the drop off from they watched, they start the hit play to actually made it to 25% of the way through. This is assuming a normal, you know, couple minute or a minute long video. Mm-hmm. If that drop off is immediate to your point, we, we don't need this 10 second amazing new video brought to you by and then fade out and then logo fades in and dramatic yeah. music builds. And then we show you the house that we want you to look at, you know, just you have to re-edit these things for use on social. You do, you do. And definitely use, now we're talking about videos, use subtitles, um, like the native ones mm-hmm. within the ad itself. Cause you will, people will watch the video, especially there's dialogue and video testimonials. They will not yep. listen to it. Like put the subtitles And it can be hard there. to do that sometimes. Um, so there is, there is a couple of different cheats I'll give out here. One you can use, um, YouTube does a, does a better job than Facebook at automatically generating, um, those and then you can export the file you can get the transcript and you can re-upload that into facebook and other places Um, if it's really complicated and you've got a lot of brand terms or names and places in your video there's another service called rev rev.com where you actually have a real transcriptionist go through and you can tell them ahead of time hey here's some city names or places that are often done incorrectly and you can kind of give them a vocabulary to work off of at the beginning, but they turn everything around in 24 hours or less. So for Facebook live videos that, that go longer or, um, have again, lots of industry jargon or place names that can be a great service too. not very much money, um, to get that done for sure. Get her done. Okay. Well, that does it for the news. And, uh, just remember everyone, uh, stay calm, stay calm. It'll all be okay. Facebook will be there for at least another week until we tell you to really panic. All right, we'll come back after a quick break, and then we're going to talk about marketing like a ninja, efficient processes, ideas specifically around roles as, as a marketer and how you get stuff done. We'll be right back. with this week's 360 topic of the week no guest this week andrew no guests. no guests no. just us just us that's mm. all right we had three in a row we're gonna take so you through okay. this this topic was sent in to us from an actual listener and said hey you know you andrew he was super impressed with the fact that you get up at 5 30 in the morning go to the Early gym riser. yeah uh, you have three kids you have a life you've got a wife you've got a house Somehow. and you get all this stuff done for so many different builders how do you do it and so we thought we'd um, talk a little bit about just different ideas and things that we've either used now or have used in our past mm-hmm. uh, that help us be marketing ninjas. I thought, um, yeah, I thought it was a great I'll, idea. I'll let you go first. As far as just like an overall theory that people can apply is just being aware of what you're doing 
and just always, it, I know that it's like, oh yeah, of course, Andrew. It must always be present. Must be always present. be present. Now, but like, you know, when you're working on something, like just sit there and do that one task, especially us on the execution that focus more on the execution side of doing things. You cannot, at least I cannot have distractions. Like when I'm making an ad, like I need to just stop and do the ad. I can't check my email or check Slack we use. Like it just needs to get it done. And that like, for me, that has been like my biggest, my biggest thing. But yeah, let's go into this. Yeah. Uh, we got this super cool list here. If it, if it dings or makes noise or go away. flashes at your screen, you just got to figure out how to, you know, I love in windows 10, they actually call it quiet hours. Oh. Quiet hours on. You can just push that button and it turns off all the notifications. That's genius. All right. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's dive in. Um, what's your first real one? Andrew, your first kind of tactical. My first tactical one. Um, Yeah, let's jump into email marketing. This would be resending to those who did not open the first time. So you send like a mass marketing email out. You have a 25% open rate because you're awesome. You saw that 75% there. Instead of creating a new email, however many hours that takes, hopefully not too many discussions, but you might have discussions on it. You might have all these hours (laughs) about the second email, but you still have 75% of the people on the first list that did not see it. So this one, just take the same email, change the subject line and send it to those 75% of the people who did not see it the first time. There you go. Five minutes. They've never seen, they didn't, they didn't open the email. Again, you're just sending it to the people who didn't open Mm -hmm. it. So the whole email is new to them. Just a new, new subject line equals new email. I like it. So that can save you, you know, two hours a month right there. At least least two hours. Uh, Along with that, I would say on the email front, just because email is one of those things it, it, it needs to be done. It should be done well, but it does not need to take a lot of time and it should not take a lot of time. That's just, when I talk to people, they're like, I'm just, it, I'm we swamped. either don't send them out because they take too long. They're too hard. Or because we just, we think about them so much. And by the time we are ready to send it out, uh, that event is over or it's tomorrow. And we're <laughs> like, why are we sending this out now? Yep. So don't over segment your lists on pretty emails. Mm-hmm. Again, you're going to make these two emails a month and you're just going to send them to everyone who has not purchased a home yet or told you to get lost. And if you're going to send out smaller emails, just have your online salesperson or help that write it for your online salesperson, but just do a text only email saying, Hey, I was just thinking about you. I want to let you know, we have a grand opening event, you know, in the neighborhood you've expressed interest in whatever it is, but small text only emails for small groups. You can turn those around in five, 10 minutes. No, no problem. Oh, definitely. And those have amazing open rates, don't they? And response rates. Because it is yeah, personable. The, the response rate is it because they'll they'll pick up the phone and call Kevin who sent them an email. Mm-hmm. When marketing at Do You Convert sends them an email, no. they're not hitting reply. That's true. And if they do, it's probably to say, "Take me off your email." That's list. very relevant. That makes sense. I think everyone just that clicked in their head. Oh yeah, I would email Kevin back, but I would not email marketing at Do You Convert back. Very very mm-hmm. smart. Very smart. Um, this next one, I really like this because this is how I I work. I try to do similar. Um, projects or tasks at a single time. So if I'm doing um, a bunch of ads, I'll try to group those together because I'm in the zone for that and and in the in the mood, I guess, if it's a certain creative thing. Um, but for me, this is what I do on Mondays. I do like year over year analysis, month over month. And so doing those on a certain day of the week, um, for most of y'all, probably be a Friday um, when the office is quiet, but working on the site updating things, images, pricing, if it wasn't. Yeah, we just call it web update Fridays. Mm -hmm. And this was, 
you know, obviously if there's a price change, you know, something is listed incorrectly or um, you're showing pictures of a house that's the wrong house, you got to change that stuff right away. So consumers don't don't keep seeing the wrong thing. But the Web Update Fridays is all the kind of miscellaneous Hey, we've got four new pictures of this house. Can we get those added in? We've got a couple, you know, try as much as possible those non-essential things to group them together and just get it done once a week. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself logging into the back of your website like eight times a day, getting halfway done, getting interrupted, and then you're just frustrating yourself. So those non-essential web things, just try to hold those to a single day of the week. And for me, it was always Friday afternoons when everyone else went to the, quote, field. Oh, yeah. Hey, Kevin, we're going to go in the field. Uh, we're going to tour some communities. I think communities was code for a bar or something. I'm not not exactly sure. But when everyone else goes into the field, funny. we marketers go to work. That's That that's makes sense. Do. That is funny. Um, my next one is you just have to have the right partners. If you are frustrated, and the example I always give is a sign company. I hate signs because it's like weeding a garden. I'm not talking gopher signs, Steve. I'm just talking about any kind of sign. It's like weeding a garden. There's always a crooked sign. There's always a sign with the wrong price point on it. There's always a sign that's faded. There's a sign that got hit by a bobcat and, you know, whatever it is. It's just, it's nonstop. And I went to the sign company that I use in Pittsburgh. They're called Fred Signs. Great name. If you're anywhere in that area, you should use them. They're amazing. Fred is amazing. But I at one point I sat down with him and I said, look, you're a great partner, but can I just pay you, literally, I want to pay you 10% more on every job I give you. But the trade-off is when any one of your guys is within you know, a mile or two of one of my neighborhoods, just drive through and either make a list, shoot a quick picture and text me, but just say, hey, this sign looks bad. Can we fix it? Uh, and and we just kind of developed this thing where I didn't have to think about it. Even on, on new installs, I just made sure that Fred was actually going to be the guy who chose the location. He and I would go out the first couple of times and understand the psychology of why we put things where and how and what. But then being able to, quote unquote, waste that 10% and never have to really worry about signage again, for the most part, it's just that same idea applies to your photographer, your videographer, your marketing partner, your website company. Uh, your direct mail company, if you do that, any any of these partnerships just don't put up with bad service yep. in any way, shape, or form. It takes years off of your life, and it just makes you grumpy. So just find the right partner, and it's the right partner does not mean the cheapest partner. Correct. Most yep. of the time. And no, no grumpy lives. That's not that's not fun. No grump. Mm-mm. No grumpiness. Nope. Um, this next one I relate to a lot, um, just because you're the one kind of doing everything, but you might have someone peeking over your shoulders like, oh, you know, maybe we should do it this way or maybe we should do it this way or, or hey, go ahead and send those to me like the ads or emails to get proofed. And you're like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. So one, make sure you're doing things. And this is a lesson for you, like to protect, uh, protect your street cred. We talked about it at the summit last year. So make sure those things are in mm-hmm. place. So like when you speak, people do respect you and all those things. Um, but you might have to have a nice conversation and saying, Hey, you, you kind of hired me to, to manage this and, and go through the whole, whole list with them. And it should be a really positive conversation. Hopefully it, hopefully it's not bad. Any advice on that one, Kevin? It's hard. It, Cause it's awkward. I, you know, you're, you're like, you hired me to do this. Why, why do you have to second guess everything I'm doing or tell me to do something that I know is wrong, but it's awkward telling you that it is wrong, but I'm in this every day. Mm-hmm. So 
Look at the results. Everything's going great. It's like I tell my kids, Andrew, you know, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do. And so I think it's just important to, to share. I've had this exact conversation with the president of my company after I had been there for like a, over a mm -hmm. year. And it was about something like an email that needed to go out. And it's like, well, you know, everyone's pressing, Kevin, we need to get this email, email out, email. I'm like, because, whoop, person X, I'll bleep that out, <laughs> says, I don't send out the email until I see it. And we can't find him. He's doing something, you know, at another meeting, but I, we can't send the email out. And then it kind of hit me like, this is dumb. Yeah. Like, I've looked at the email 10 times. My designers looked at the email. Sales managers looked at the email. We're all adults. Let's go. And so, but I had to have a conversation of, hey, you hired me to do a job. If you don't think I can do it, then you should find somebody else. But I, I think we, we both know that things are going well. So what else is going yep. on here? And, and just have that honest conversation. Um, owners, as the company grows, can have a hard time letting go. Um, and sometimes you have to kind of pry their fingertips open and, and let you take, take ownership of, of that department. Definitely. So I think that's, uh, that's a good one. So the next one that I have, we're going to wrap through those last couple here very efficiently, like a ninja would, um, is actually prep for meetings. I can't tell you how many meetings I was at when I was at a home builder. We're going to talk about happy acres. Happy acres isn't selling. That's the reason we have a neighborhood meeting is because happy acres isn't selling. I'd show up at the meeting and I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who spent, you know, 10, 15 minutes actually prepping to talk about happy acres. Where's the traffic coming from on the website? Ideas of how to solve the problem, you know, just kind of the basics. But what I found is the people who showed up to meetings that were not prepared to actually talk about the topic of the meeting ended up getting the most things assigned for them to do outside of the meeting. I would much rather spend the 10, 15 minutes preparing and having some of my own solutions and ideas that I know I can deliver on and offer those up as potential ideas and solutions in the meeting itself instead of saying, Hey, Kevin, as a takeaway, why don't we have you spend two hours of research on this idea and come back with some suggestions? And then you've got people not replying to your emails. You've got people coming up with crazy ideas that they had in the shower or while jogging. Um, just prep for the meeting before you show up to the meeting. Prep for the meeting. I like it. That is genius. Here's one. This one is super nerdy. Um, your AdWords ads. Learn how to use AdWords editor. It's a desktop application. But if you are editing prices or you want to add like a promotion to your text copy in the ads, you can do it and it works almost like an Excel document. You don't have to edit each ad individually. So learning how to do that, it might you know, have like a little bit of a learning curve, but it is so much quicker. It is amazing. You'll love it. AdWords editor, download it. And any big changes, use that. And then the next one is, this is also a, another favorite is, Try to touch things only once, especially on the execution side. So, and this is also like if you have projects, say you're building out um, four different community campaigns or, or sub-market campaigns on Facebook. I, me personally, I think I could do it a lot quicker if I just group them into the same time. I know that's not possible for everybody, but if you just do those, all four of those at the same time versus like, okay, Monday I'll do one, Tuesday I'll do two, and then Thursday I'll do another one because stuff will come up and you'll have new projects and whatnot and you might miss one and then it just gets another meeting like, hey, why aren't we advertising uh -huh. this? So just knock it all out at the same time. But you also need to make sure you have all the requirements needed. So hopefully the person delegating that task to you 
gives you everything. And that's also your responsibility, in my opinion, yeah. to make sure that you have everything ready to go. Once you are made aware of, hey, we need this, just go ahead and knock it out right then. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm missing this. And then put it on someone else. Like, hey, I need this from you before I can start. It's very important. Like many great successory posters that you find in the office, you know, hope is not a strategy. And so just make sure if there is something that is causing you grief, you know, people keep asking for emails and they don't tell me what they want it to say. People are asking me to solve X or do Y and, and I don't have enough information. It is perfectly okay for you to, as long as you have the street cred and are organized enough to deliver on the process you tell people you want them to follow. But, you know, I would tell my sales managers, I had three that I worked with regularly, I need 72 hours. I mean, you can ask for an extra special favor, but I might have to tell you no. I need 72 hours if you want to send an email out about a neighborhood. Now, I don't always need those 72 hours, but they just knew that they were going to be asking for a special favor and they shouldn't be surprised if I have to come back and say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be in the office that day. I, I can't make it happen. I'm sorry. Um, but it's it's up to you to, to identify those things that are causing issues and create some process around them. And then you have to sell that idea internally to get people to like that idea or it doesn't matter. That is true. And I love this you last one. It. You know, just use something to to stay organized. I don't care what it is. We're not going to go into the tool or tools that, that we use or you could use. Just something that is simple. Um, I like your note here. Don't make a project about setting up the tool itself. That means you have a yeah. tool that's yeah. a little too complicated. Too complex. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And would you say, you did say use something. Are you against using notebooks as your primary usage of like, here's my life in this notebook right here. If I lose this, I have no idea what to do and have to start all over. Would you be against that or? No, personally, I'm not at all because I don't have a purse, Andrew. So I can't take a notebook with me everywhere. If it's not going to fit in my pocket and I don't carry a purse or a bag with me, um, that notebook's getting lost. I mean, I have ADD. I'll lose my wallet, you know, twice a year, my keys (laughs) once a quarter. So that's not a good mm-hmm. thing for me, but it, it may be for someone who's listening. I don't, I, I really don't cool. care what it is. Uh, if you're working as a team, then your notebook doesn't. doesn't work either, you know, because your team can't see your writing or they might not be able to read your writing if they can't see I it, can't so. read my own writing, so that won't mm-hmm. help. That's nope. true. All right. So those are just our, some of our ideas about how to, to be a marketing ninja and get stuff done uh, that you need to tactically. But we also, uh, we have that Market Proof Marketing Facebook group, almost 100 people. I don't know where they all came from. I know. It was um, like in two days, too. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, we're so glad you guys are all in there. So we just asked a question. This will be, I think, how we're going to do the, the question of the week segment going forward is, we asked them, what is your secret weapon or tactic to effectively manage your time as a marketer or as an owner? Because we do have some owners who are also in charge of marketing. And so we're going to read a couple of our favorites from the group, and then we're going to pick a winner, and they will get a T-shirt uh, sent to them. So that's right. Uh, let's just let's just rapid fire. You take three. I'll take three. All right. And I'll, uh, I'll start from the top. There. So here we go. And we're going to say your name, by the way. So um, don't post an answer if you don't want us to read. That's right. Name. And I'll just, I'll just say first change your names Facebook name, and in case people are you know. <laughs> particular um Ananth this time, here but next time we're doing the whole thing that's right Ananth, um hyper blocking the calendar plus saying no and then kim 
make a list of tasks for the day, touch things once, close my door if necessary to prevent interruptions. And another one here. Oh, I like this part. I, I missed it. Um, I write my tasks out and I group them by priority. When it's time to buckle down, I play music or a silly show in the background, then go into my zone and crank out the work. I like yeah, it. Yeah, that was that's Beth down in Texas. There we go. Beth. Um, common theme there of blocking the calendar, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of scheduling something with yourself so that you can actually yep. tell people if you have a hard time saying no, uh, if you're a pleaser personality, but you block out the time to say, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not available at that time. You're not lying to them. Uh, you have booked time with yourself to get something done. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all good. Steve Shoemaker, I'm going to say your name because uh, you're already famous. Uh, he suggests read Getting Things Done or GTD, as it's known to those of us who have who have read it and use it. Uh, and then two, he said, get out of the office for things that need over two hours of focus. He prefers Starbucks. Oh, that's but, a good one. Yeah, change of scenery sometimes can help just your creative thoughts, but also that focus, especially if you can turn off everything uh, that's in your way. Let's see here. Uh, Laura says, uh, sadly, closed doors do not work in my office, but she has found that a Nerf gun um, helps. So I, th- I think um, I think she's shooting people with a Nerf that's gun awesome. to keep them out of her office. That's true. And then Will uh, Duterstadt says, get in early or stay late. Again, just out of this hustle and bustle. It's amazing the progress you can make when the phone isn't ringing. Uh, there are more. In fact, there's also um, images here in the Facebook group of the Nerf gun in question. And um, Mike Davidson has a particular planner that he really likes called the Ninja Planner um, that you can get a link to there Ooh, as well. So we have to pick a winner. Um, what do you think? I really like the, um, I like Laura's. With yeah, the, gun. the Nerf gun's pretty cool. But the Nerf gun, excuse me. It is it's a creative cool. solution. And there's a picture of it. So join the group and you see the picture of it. This looks quite threatening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a little you pistol Nerf gun. It's like an assault rifle Nerf gun. So I think you're getting hit more than once. It is. Uh, at least. Oh, you know what? Honorable mention to Rapid fire. for Whitney, uh, who said, you know, several people in the office have actual signs that they put on their door that say, I'm in the zone. And the rest of the office kind of knows, unless it's an emergency, leave that person alone when they're in the zone. I think that's a Mike Lyon special. I've definitely heard him talk a lot about that uh, with online salespeople and staying focused. Okay, so this week, we're going to ask you to answer this question in the the Facebook group or send an email to show at Do You Convert, and we'll pick a winner again. But this week's question is, um, have you yourself changed how you use social media as a result of all this hubbub around the data leak, uh, political leaks, all that stuff going on, fake news, et cetera. Audit yourself and have you really made a change? And then what about other members of your family or friends? Or is it all smoke and mirrors or is, or do we actually know people in our circles who are changing their behavior because of all this? Let us know. Good question. And that is the end to another great time here uh, on Market Proof Marketing. Number eight. Spring is here. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy your family. Have a fantastic Easter weekend. If you are looking for some great articles, content, videos to watch about marketing, about online sales, go to doyouconvert.com. That's also where you can find how to connect with Andrew and I on the interwebs, on the Twitters, on the Facebooks, and the like. See you next week. 